under your protective care. I was struck by our opening prayer today at Mass in this Easter season, which says the words, Almighty ever-living God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us, that those you are pleased to make new in holy baptism may under your protective care bear much fruit and come to the joys of life eternal. The prayer is partially speaking of those who were just baptized in the, at the Easter Vigil, but it's also for all of us who have received holy baptism that under God's protective care, that those gifts given to us would, would bear much fruit in the world and that we would come to the joys of life eternal, that we would go to heaven in that place of joy that, that never ends. And so God has given us this gift of holy baptism. He's, he's made us living stones, as St. Peter says today. And, and we have the choice of letting God build us into that, that holy priesthood that all of us who offer sacrifice of prayer to God, it's a sacrifice of our lives, that we have the ability to choose to cooperate with that good work that God is trying to do in us. And so one of the things that helps us in that work is, are the sacraments, the Eucharist, the other sacraments. I want to talk about one sacrament in particular for a minute, confession. Because confession is that sacrament where after holy baptism, that if that, that white garment that we received in baptism, that if it, it's symbolic, and so we're meant to bring that garment unstained to the kingdom of heaven. And so our, our sins, you know, symbolically speaking, I mean, the sins do stain our soul, just like a garment that's been stained. And so how do we be made pure again, but in confession? And so the, recently there was a new translation of the ritual of confession that was released. And so when you come to confession, you're going to hear, most people won't catch it, Actually, I forgot a couple times, and I'm like, hey, sit back down. i got to give you another absolution here, you know, like, because I didn't even catch it, you know. Um, and so there's just a slightly different words, but I, I think it's a good opportunity to walk through the sacrament of confession. The other thing is, I, I think there's greater clarity now for me, because I think there may have been kind of a ritual before, and I want to say that most priests, but I'll just say I, didn't necessarily follow all of it because it wasn't so clear in my mind. Like, for example, I remember in seminary, they're like, and then you can, like, read a scripture passage to the person. And I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. Well, what scripture passage? Well, you know, a scripture passage. I'm like, oh, okay. So, anyways, so I want to, like, just walk through the ritual a little bit so you have an understanding. And you still might have priests and people who are kind of maybe focused more on the essential parts, but I also want you to be prepared for the fuller ritual, but also see the goodness of it. Because every sacrament we receive, there's always scripture proclaimed, right? Baptism, Eucharist, and so uh, confession is no different. So basically, 
Um, so I also have a handy-dandy guide we put together that you can take with you uh, at the end of Mass. Um, but so the priest welcomes the penitent. You know, welcome. That, that already for me, that there's sometimes an edge of like, ah, uh, hi. It's like, welcome, grab a seat, you know. And then we begin, like we do as Catholics always, like in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we make the sign of the cross together. Um, and then the priest invites the penitent to have trust in God. And these are similar words. May God, who has shown his light in our hearts, grant that you may truly know your sins and his mercy. That, that you may not just remember your sins, but also remember his mercy that is greater than any of our sins. And then there's the, the optional reading of the word of God. Uh, and then there's the, the usual part that we're used to where there's the confession of sins and it says the acceptance of satisfaction or penance. So that's why you know, I'll say to people, because you have to make sure people understand like, okay, here's my sins. Here's how I've, I've, I'm aware that I've fallen short. And, and then the priest says, okay, you know, thank you. And you know, here's, a, here's a penance, something to do to build up the charity that's been torn down by our sins. That in the name of God, in the name of the church, who, people who've been harmed by your sin, you know, here's a way that you can build up that charity through a prayer or, or something else. And, and it has to be understandable. Sometimes people are like, wait, what was my penance? You know, and it's like, okay, that wasn't clear then. Um, and so the priest will say, does that make sense? Is that okay? Is that something possible? Pray three Hail Marys. Father, I don't know the Hail Mary. Okay, that's not possible then, you know? Anyways. Then there's the prayer of the penitent, which is the act of contrition. And that's, that's pretty much the same, except that they, they, there's a whole list of options. And so I put the second page of this is 11 different options for the, the act of contrition. You do not have to memorize all 11. They're not on the test, all right? So, but the idea is that these are, each of these prayers has the essential elements that we want to say, like, you're God, I'm not, I'm sorry, I need your help, and I never want to sin again. Those are like the essential elements, and so each of these prayers says that. Um, because if we're missing some of that, then are we acknowledging he's God and I'm not? Are we acknowledging, I need your help, God, I can't do it? Are we acknowledging that I'm sorry? Are we also acknowledging acknowledging that I never want to sin again. Some people don't mean that. They're like, I'm just going to do it again. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you, you, ha you have to intend not to sin again. Jesus says, go and sin no more. Now, we're human, we're going to fall, but, but we have to intend not to. Because to walk in a life without sin is, is to walk in true freedom that God wants for us. And we can only do that by his grace. So we're asking for his grace and help. So then the priest will give you absolution with a couple slightly different words, but basically the same thing. And then there's a little dismissal, um, which is also scripture, actually, that the priest will say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And, and already you might know the response, but the response is, for his mercy endures forever. It's a Psalm 138. It's a, it's a psalm. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. And then, and then the priest dismisses you, just like a lot of the sacraments, right? The Lord has forgiven your sins. That's, that's the other clear. I, I like the clarity here. It's not Father Matt Lowry that's forgiving your sins. It's Jesus Christ. 
who forgives your sins. It's, it's not Father Matt Lowry that, you know, makes the Eucharist present. It's Jesus Christ through Father Matt Lowry. That God forgives our sins through the priest, but it's God forgiving sins. And so I say, the Lord has forgiven your sins. Go in peace. And it doesn't call for a response. I mean, typically we say, go in peace, thanks be to God. So um, you could say that, but it doesn't call for that. You're just like, great. The, the hope is that you're already like out the door dancing, you know, and you don't even have to respond, you know. So, anyways, so do you see how it's, there's nothing like super new here. But I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of to walk through it. Um, and, and I like how it just highlights truth of, of what we're receiving. You know, remember your sins. May the Lord's light shine on your sins, but also on his mercy and, and the proclamation of scripture and, and those kind of things. And so, anyways, the second thing I want to kind of address is just thinking about the context of where we find ourselves at the end of the semester. And for some people, this is the end of their time in college, which is both very exciting, but also anxiety-producing, perhaps. And so the truth is that God has brought all of us here for a time. And, and so whether that is for forever, that some people, this might be the last time you're ever in the Newman Center, and, and that's okay, you know? Um, or for some people, it's just for the summer, and then we'll be back in the fall. But, but God has brought us here for a time to grow. He's, he's entrusted us to people and a community. But, but wherever we go, that we're going to continue to move and live and have our being in him. That ultimately, while we were under the protective care of the Newman Center for a time, we're always under his protective care. That God brought you here so that you, he could bless you, take care of you, um, and that's good. And so I, just even to comment, the Newman Center, you may notice how the Newman Center, we work really hard to welcome students and, and to really support you in all sorts of programs and things like that. And when you go to another parish, let's just say it may be different, right? They're, they're not going to be seeking out college students. They're not going to be, or young adults, they're not going to be saying, oh, here's all these programs and things for you to help you grow as a young adult. Those things are there, but we're going to have to kind of mature up in faith, kind of put ourselves out there. It's going to require more of us to take advantage of those things. So it's almost like the, the training wheels are off, and now it's like we got, it's time for us to live our faith, as adults, you know, that just like you haven't had mom and dad here to bring you to church, you know, that in other places, you're not going to have mom and dad and, and you can do it, you know, so this is like a training, you know what I mean? So a couple suggestions. These are things that were helpful for me. My first suggestion is whether you go home just for the summer or wherever you go, you know, you're permanently moving somewhere. My suggestion is to get involved in the local youth group because in the youth group, you're going to be standing alongside other young people who are focused on God, who love the Lord, and who want to help other people know the Lord. And it's, it's so, I have, I have so many fond memories of, of serving on the core team of a youth group. And you never know who you're going to meet. You know, other friends, some of my best friends still were core members. But also, um, actually, so, you know who some of my friends were? Uh, 
Will, a guy named Will Schmid, uh, a guy named John Parks, a guy named, you know, these other priests, John Muir, like these are other people who were serving alongside me in the youth group. And now they're just lifelong friends. Uh, but also, just side note, maybe if priesthood's not your path, um, all four of my siblings met their spouses helping out with the youth group. Just saying, you know? Like, <laughs> because if you're, if you're focused on good things, you're going to meet other good people, right? The second thing is, is to intentionally build community. You know, very few parishes have, like, young adult groups. But that doesn't mean you can't go say hi to another young adult. That you can't say hi. Actually, one uh, graduate told me, she said, community looks different. She's like, I'm in a Bible study with a mother of three kids, with a grandmother, with a single person. Like, it's just different, you know? Not everybody's going to look like you, and nobody does, you know? And that's a good thing. But it takes intentionality to put ourselves out there, to to build community, to get involved, to go to our parish, to open up the bulletin and say, what's going on? I've heard multiple people say recently, there's a crisis right now in our culture of volunteerism. That, that most, a lot of organizations are all struggling right now to get volunteers. I'm talking about the Humane Society, the church, everybody. And so open up your parish bulletin, look around and say, I could help with that, even if it's just for a few weeks. That, that it's a great way to just keep growing in our faith. And, you know, there's not going to be a Bible study, but you could start it. You could, you could meet one person and say, do you want to meet for coffee this week? And we'll just talk about the Sunday readings and get to know each other. And then you can invite other people into that. And here's the thing. Is that, is that just for college students? No, that's something everybody in this church can do. Like if we're not, it's in small group that we grow in faith. And so my challenge, my exhortation today is for all of us. And, and actually, there's people in this community who've, who've started Bible studies in the last few months. You know, they're just like, well, why don't we do that? And they've been blessed by it. And so every one of us can, can do that. Because um, if we're not actively working and growing in faith, then we're, it's probably the opposite is what's happening to us. We're going the other direction. And, and third, um, so youth group, build community, start a Bible study. And third would be to just, let's, let's make time for prayer. You know, all semester, all year, we, it's so easy to say, I'm just really busy. I'm, I'm too busy to pray. Well, now it's summertime. And now summer is going to be busy in a different way. I actually think a lot of students are busier. You don't know that's coming, but it usually happens. Because if you're working 40 hours a week, that's different. If you're in summer school, it's different. But... We're always going to be busy, and we always need the Lord. And so, what could that be? It could be, you know, I know for me, I want more scripture. I, don't, I feel like I don't know the Bible. Okay, I'm going to read a chapter of the Bible every day. Start with the New Testament. I'm going to pray a decade of the rosary every day, and I'll offer it for a different person every day. So that, you know, like, find something that you can do every day. Find something that you can do once a week, you know, I'm going to stop by the church for an hour. Maybe I can't do a lot every day, but once a week, I can go to the church for an hour and just sit when there's no one else here and it's just me and the Lord, my phone's off and I'm just here. Because it, it can be hard to pray in our homes and our rooms, 
That's why I say, that's why I like to pray in a chapel. It's just, there's less distractions. I'm more present. God's always present, but I'm more present in a chapel. Maybe, maybe try to go to daily mass once a week. Go to confession once a month, whatever. This, this summer has the potential to be the best summer of our lives. And what's going to determine that is the choices we make. And, and yes, we want to make time to relax, but, but it's important to make time for renewal. There's, do you know the difference between those two? Relaxing, I can just sit and watch TV or look at Instagram, and that can be relaxing, but it's not renewing. Renewing is prayer, exercise, sleep, catching up with a good friend. You know, those things are renewing. So, I, I guess I want to close-ish uh, by sharing just, you know, if my theme today is, you know, we, we want to walk under God's protective care. We actually are under God's protective care. And, and I think that's what I recognized the last few weeks. You, you, you probably didn't notice, but I was gone for a few weeks. Um, just kidding. So, I, I, was, I was sick for a few days, and then my... Um, I got a message that my dad had stopped taking water, stopped drinking water, and then he wasn't really waking up anymore. And so I was like, oh. Um, and so I, I did, with the encouragement of others, but I did what we Catholics do in moments like that. That what do we do? We go. Even though those, those times can be hard, we just go. Uh, so I went and I spent that last weekend with my dad, um, that, so that was from Friday till Monday, and then Monday he, he passed away um, with his son, me, holding his hand, and with his wife of 51 years by his side. And what I saw in that was how God spoke to me the most through that whole experience was how good he is. That, that my dad had, before he kind of stopped talking a few years back, he had gone to confession that this woman from the church every now and then or every week if she could would bring communion to him at home that he was able to be anointed and he was able to receive his last communion on divine mercy sunday that he then and now has had so many priests offering masses for him he's had so many people praying even people in this community praying for him that have never met my dad and and i'm, I'm struck by and like how good God is, how, how much he, he has cared for my dad, even, even in the way that my mom has cared for him at home over so many years now, like the last 10 years, my mom day after day taking care of my dad. And is it just my, is it just my mom caring for my dad? It's like, no, it's like God caring for my dad through, through so many people that God God is so generous, that God is so merciful, that even though, even though my dad was very human and, and the tensions that exist between kids and parents was there, that God was just, God never stopped caring for him. And the truth is that's the same thing for every one of us. And especially as we come to the end of a school year and we look back, endings are times of reflection. And we can look back on this, this last school year, this last year of our lives, and, and what's happened? How has God been with us 
every step of the way. Those moments where I, I was facing great difficulty and I, and I didn't know how I would get through it. And yet God got me through it. That, that somehow God's he's been there the whole time caring for me. And, and it reminds me and teaches me that, that God's going to continue to take care of me. That I can, I can look to the future with hope. That whether I'm coming back here next year or this is goodbye. That that same God is going to be right there every step of the way. And, and whether I'm turning to him or not, he's going to be caring for me. But, but how much better it is when I turn to him. When every day I'm reminded that I'm not alone. And that as hard as this stuff is that I'm going through that you're right here with me, that you care for me, that you protect me, and that you have a plan to bring me from this life with its joys and difficulties under your protective care, that you desire to bear much fruit and to work through everything to lead me to the joys of life eternal.